When entrepreneurs wanted to convince politicians to be more pro-business, they formed a chamber of commerce to champion their ideas. No different for advocates of the nation's growing marijuana industry. Heather Steppe is president of the new Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the Kansas Reflector podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, well, let's start with the sense of what you're hoping to accomplish with this specialized Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I mean, outside of obvious legislative actions that we'd like to see, you know, through lobbying and, um, you know, just direct impact on the legislator and policy, what we really want to do is provide a place for businesses to come and learn and grow. Uh, you're talking about a brand new industry that's highly regulated and it comes with a lot of nuances. I mean, banking is a problem. Marketing is a problem. Choosing the name is a problem. So we, we really just want to be able to provide guidance and, you know, consultation to those who want to get into this industry and, and really help lay the groundwork for when medical cannabis does become a, a thing in Kansas. Because you think it will. I do. I really do. I think most people do. I mean, when you look at not only the support that it has from Kansans, uh, I know a lot of legislators caught flack last session for not actually getting something on the books and, and passing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there does seem to be a, a, a shift here in the politics of it all. So there's a there's an educational component. You're trying to be a resource for people who are interested in uh, having uh, medical marijuana businesses, there's there must be a learning curve in production as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it is a. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is it a kind of a tricky crop to grow? Oh yeah, absolutely. It mm-hmm. can be. I mean, the the cannabis plant in itself is very finicky. Uh, you know, we we talk about oh, it's easy. You put it in the ground and grow it, but that's not quite the case, especially when you're growing for a medical program. You know, you have to be very specific about the types of cannabinoids that you're seeing in the plant, the terpenes you're seeing from the plant, making sure that you're not growing mold or any sort of harmful additives in, in the soils of the plant. So yeah, it's it's very very tricky to grow. Yeah, so you know, it's chemistry. Absolutely, it's it's uh, plant plant science, and uh, yeah. So are there similar chamber organizations in other states, or you're, you're not necessarily inventing the wheel here? Oh, no, we are not inventing the wheel. <laughs> okay. We're just trying to, you know, grease it up and get it working for Kansas. Um, there are several other cannabis chambers of commerce throughout the country, mm-hmm. um, but these industry organizations present themselves in different ways. Uh, you know, there's business organizations, there's trade organizations. They all have a different name, but at the end of the day, serve somewhat of a similar purpose, Um we just we really want to be able to provide these resources for Kansans um, and and lay this groundwork. You know that's why we decided to start our organization before any sort of legalization has even happened, mm-hmm. and it's so that we can have you know a direct impact uh, with our lobbyists on legislative policy and can get people ready because once this does happen, I mean, our business owners need to be able to hit the ground running the sooner that they can get up and running and have good advice and be able to follow a pretty solid regimen, the the quicker that patients can have access to the medicine that they need. Mm -hmm. And so there's a learning curve, not only for the entrepreneurs who might want to be interested in this, there'd certainly be a a learning curve for politicians as well. Absolutely. And I mean, that's kind of where we're seeing a lot of the holdup is, you know, cannabis has had this, uh, it's been recently quoted in our circle as the Cheech and Chong mentality, right? You know, this very 
it's just a bunch of dirty hippies and that's only people are just going to sit around and smoke weed all day and nobody's going to be productive and yada 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 so we've really had to spend a lot of time educating legislators on this is not at all (laughs) what's happening here i mean being one of the last states to even attempt to legalize is kind of gives us a leg up you know when it comes to educating it's like look at all these other states this isn't just some idea anymore it's a it's an actual thoughtful process it's working it's great for revenues great for job creation and it's fantastic for patients so you can go to colorado and there's magazines that you can pick up that that describe the business side of the industry that colorado has recreational and medicinal marijuana and it's there's a professionalism to it you you have to be a savvy business person there's manufacturing involved there's distribution transportation financial services security uh, it's it is the full gamut of what businesses are, Correct. and and so uh, make no mistake, there are very professional people involved in in making this industry grow. Oh God, a hundred percent. And I think that you know that's what we see legislators not being able to see since we don't have the industry here. We can't take them into. Do you, do you think the legislators think it's just a bunch of kids sitting on the couch getting high before? I mean, Maybe they not skip far school off from that. and went and got high. Maybe not far off from that. <laughs> I just I think that it's hard to until you actually see something firsthand mm-hmm. um, to really understand the level of professionalism in this industry. You know, like you said, just because you have been a you know cannabis proponent for a long time or or whatever the case may be, does not necessarily mean that you'll be successful in running a business. That's just bottom line for anything. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really working to bring people in and, and, and help them and train them and guide them to, to be successful in this industry, but it's incredibly professional Mm -hmm. and there's so much more to the industry than just people who grow weed and sell it. You know, it's like you said, the ancillary businesses, you've got HVAC, you've got water, you've got security and transportation and all of these components that bring massive amounts of jobs and revenue to the States. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's sophisticated science and has a lot of the uh, production manufacturing aspects to it. So the Kansas legislature, this past session, the House approved a medical marijuana bill. The Senate didn't take it up. What do you think is required to push something like this over the top? Um, I, I really think it's just going to take us being a unified voice uh, when dealing with legislators and the issues that they have. On top of that, education. I mean, the more you can educate somebody and, and break things down for them so that they understand it, the better. Everybody has this, specifically in Kansas, we see this just old mentality of, you know, the egg in the frying pan, and, and that's what mm. drugs do. This, and, is, this is your brain on drugs. Yes, yeah, okay, and cannabis, cannabis has absolutely been lumped in with that. You know, that's it's been a big push, and so you're having to really un- educate to Mm -hmm. re-educate properly and it takes time and we understand that and that's you know we're we've been very patient and we're just going to continue educating and continue providing the legacy of reefer madness is perhaps still out there the infamous film 100 percent. yeah yeah it's a cultural thing absolutely um so do you think the house the House produced a pretty restrictive bill. It, mm-hmm. It's more restrictive than, we'll say, uh, the medical marijuana that Missouri has. Yeah. Um, and what would be some differences here? So Missouri has it. They're, they're implementing mar- medical marijuana. Kansas has pr- proposed it. Actually, the Missouri one seems uh, more open 
two possible uses uh, than the, the Kansas statute. Could you touch on that? Yeah, uh, there's good and bad of both. You know, one thing that we do see in the Kansas bill that Missouri doesn't have is there's no caps. Um, so if you can apply and you have the qualifications and you can get a license. So it's more of a free market So there's approach. no caps of how many businesses necessarily right. could exist. Right. And we saw that a lot on the Missouri side. And it ended up in a total, total disaster for them. I mean, they were getting sued. You know, they had to bring in um, an outside party to judge the applications. And anytime mm-hmm. you get into that, it's like just setting people up for <laughs> lawsuits. So, I mean, that, that that's definitely something great that Kansas um, has seemed to be on the path of, of not implementing those same mistakes that Missouri did. But one thing that Kansas bill is more restrictive of is the medical conditions that require you or allow you to consume medical cannabis. Um, Kansas bill enumerated specific medical conditions that were eligible, whereas perhaps Missouri is more open to different types of uses. Yes. And it was more or less up to the doctor and the patient on the Missouri side of whether or not it would be a good fit for them, Mm -hmm. um, where Kansas has implemented about a dozen uh, diseases and conditions that qualify. So when, if we did have medical marijuana in Kansas, what form would the consumption of that take? I guess you part of it. People might be more comfortable smoking it, but I'd say somebody, uh, some people, uh, examining the possibility of marijuana for themselves might prefer drinking a soda or chewing right. on a candy bar or something. Right. So, does it come in different forms? It does. It, okay. it it can come in a wide variety of forms, like you said the the flour, the smoking inhalation. Uh, there's edibles. Mm-hmm. There's drinks. There's tinctures. There's capsules. I mean, there there's a wide range of how it can come. Um, and that was one of the more restrictive pieces of the Kansas bill was they will allow the sale of flour, of just the, the plant itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but smoking or inhalation was prohibited. Um, so it, it's, it feels so if they, a little... If you can market the flour, how are you supposed to consume it? Great question. <laughs> Are you supposed um, to just sit there like a cow and eat it? I, I mean, I think it came down to a, you know, what you do in your, the privacy of your own home is, you know, what you do. But there's also, it felt very unfortunate to us because being able to inhale medical cannabis provides instant and immediate relief so when you are dealing with people who have severe ptsd i mean who can drop and change on a dime Mm -hmm. and go into you know an episode being able to have access to those cannabinoids immediately would be much better than having to you know consume it via edible which could take up to two hours for it to work Um, you know that was that was definitely a big debate last session was well if this is truly medical why not just put it in a pill form and I think that's where it comes down to us being able to educate these lawmakers so that they understand, like, when you're when you're talking about these people with these conditions, they have got to be able to have immediate access. And, and that's interesting. I didn't think about that, uh, having that immediate uh, infusion of THC in your body. But it, it's probably true that, that different people, you and I might have a different capacity to consume uh, THC. In the, in the sense of a little bit might do a lot for you and it might require more for me. I, I don't know. But if you're smoking it, even though there's a risk of smoking, but if you're smoking it, you could 
smoke a little, stop. But if you take a capsule, I'm thinking that eventually will kick in and there's no uh, stopping halfway a capsule that's already in your stomach, you know. Right. Is, is that what you're kind of getting at? That, that kind of the smoking it, you could self-moderate in a little bit and a little bit stop, oh, and a little more, you know? Well, yes, kind of. Um, I mean, as with any cannabis product, it's always best to start low and slow. Um, so you would never give someone this massive <laughs> dose of THC and be like, hey, here's your first time, I have 100 milligrams. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be anything along those lines, but I think it just having the various options of how to consume it and how long it takes and how long it lasts. I mean, all of these are factors. Mm-hmm. You know, when you inhale, it kicks in immediately and can last, you know, hour, two hours, sometimes a little bit longer. When you're ingesting it, it can take up to two hours to kick in and then it can linger with you, you know, five, six hours. So depending on the condition and depending on the patient, they're going to need a different way of consuming. Okay. Tell me about how it might look like if, if Kansas had medical marijuana and you would, you would go to a facility and purchase it and would it be labeled? Would it be, could you buy weak marijuana versus stronger so the THC content would be described to you if you were the consumer right absolutely I mean that's what we see in more successful markets and successful dispensaries especially with medical programs your front-of-the-line staff in a dispensary your bud tenders as they call them have to be educated so that when someone comes in especially someone who's never used cannabis can leave and feel 100% comfortable with what they should be doing um you know, it's every single person is so different and you, you training your staff to be able to deal with them when they come in. That's, that's essential. That's key. Mm-hmm. Um, they absolutely will be labeled. Um, mm-hmm. they'll be in childproof containers. That was also another big thing last session, which makes a hundred percent sense. Um, yeah, but as far for adults, as, not kids. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you know, that's a big argument is, well, the kids can get into it. And so making sure that it's in, in childproof containers is important. Um, and it's kept away from them. Uh, but as far as weak cannabis and strong cannabis, I mean, a lot of that can come down to, you know, yes. And in a, in a way, yes, you have strains out there that grow, you know, one to one CBD to THC. So it's a low THC content, um, similar to the CBD content. So it's got some different therapeutic properties, but Mm -hmm. then you have some, strains that have very high THC limits. Yeah, um, so you could have 5% THC and 25%. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what we're learning too as this industry develops and the medical benefits and the therapeutic side of it as we learn more and research more what we're finding is it's not about the highest THC limit that you can possibly get it's about so much more than that it's about the other cannabinoids in the plant it's about the terpenes that are um, in the plant because those directly manipulate how THC and CBD works within your system Uh, so there's more to it than that and it's taken us a a while to kind of get there and understand Uh, but they've, there's, there's so much chemistry and science behind it that they've really been able to hone in on specific strains and, and ways to grow it for different benefit. So there's people that have heard of CBD, and then, then there's THC. Just explain why somebody might want a CBD versus a THC product. 
Yeah, um, CBD is great for a wide variety of things, anxiety, depression, um, CBDA and its live resin form, as they call it, uh, has a thousand times affinity to your 5-HT1A receptor, which what? is your serotonin receptor. So when okay. you think of anxiety, depression, I'm a journalist, nausea, <laughs> not a scientist. Whoa. I know. My back, I get I get really excited, but it feels very important to to input the science whenever you can so that it becomes more of a conversational uh, issue. Sure. You know, when you're talking about a serotonin receptor having a thousand times affinity to CBD than others, you know, that's that's fantastic. There's like so much other. therapy there. Absolutely. Okay. You know, but then CBD, while it can help mitigate some inflammation um, and pain, THC is very, very well known for its effects on pain. Um, there's just, there's specific uses for both of them. Then you put them together and it's like a superstar. Hmm. Okay. So when I think about medical marijuana, even recreational marijuana, um, if you were a uh, I think about conservative politicians. They they tend to have a libertarian bent to them. So I would say that if you have a bunch of conservative politicians like Kansas, that either recreational or medical marijuana wouldn't be that big of a deal because the idea would is to get government out of our way and let people make their own personal decisions about what they do in their own house, to their own body, on their own time. Um, so... So what is the politics of this like in Kansas? Is there is it different from Missouri or kind of in the same? Um, it's It really is bipartisan. I mean, you're seeing support on, well, or transpartisan, I think is the new word, on all three sides, right? I mean, when you have such overwhelming desire and your constituents have made very clear that they are in support of this, you know, it, it it's not really a left or right issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you're absolutely right that more of that conservative libertarian idea is that government really shouldn't have a say. And we saw some of that last session in the House when they debated. We saw a couple of very conservative Republicans who were like, this bill is too restrictive. Hmm. This, th- there's too much regulation here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we saw the other side to it where it was like, you know, it needs to be more regulated. So there, there really is a wide range that you're kind of dealing with, which makes it hard. But again, Education is key, and, and we will continue doing that until we can really get through. Yeah, the, the reality is that Kansas is not going to pass a bill that doesn't include a bunch of regulation, but uh, it's, it just seems to be an irony that you have liberty through regulation. <laughs> you right. Know, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, one thing that we, we saw and that we see is some legislators just don't really see the medicinal benefit. They don't see that patients really need it. So that's where, you know, we try to come in and open their eyes to, you know, what what it means for business, what it means for job growth, what it means for tax revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe uh, just a little bit more of a different approach uh, sure. versus the patients who need it. That could appeal to people uh, on an economic basis. Absolutely. Another thing that I've seen turn some uh, political figures is to have somebody who they know and love, uh, who's had a serious medical encounter, cancer, we'll say, and uh, they they know the use of of some of this was beneficial to their the people they know, and so that changes their minds. Uh, kind yes. of that personal experience. Absolutely. Right? Which is fantastic, but also slightly frustrating <laughs> when it's like, yes, this is what we've been trying to tell you. I'm so sorry that you're dealing with it. Right. But 
you know, one of the things that we see not only from the legislative standpoint, but also from the business standpoint is that's why a lot of people have gotten into this business is, you know, I directly have been impacted by using cannabis as medicine. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Or my mom had cancer. We used it. She's doing better. Or it made chemo more bearable or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the keys to this industry is you have to know your why. This is a hard industry. It's incredibly regulated and it will chew you up and spit you out and do it over and over again every day. Hmm. And we see that even when our approach with legislators, we see that in our approach on the business side, it's hard, especially when you're climbing an uphill battle. Yeah, well, there's decades of indoctrination that marijuana is bad. So you're also owner of KC Hemp Company? Correct. What is it? Uh, so I am the co-founder and CMO of Casey Hemp Co. My husband and I own it together in Kansas City. Um, we are a CBD manufacturer and e-commerce business. So we sell online. We sell in other stores around the metro area. Uh, we actually had a couple customers here in Topeka. I mean, you know, we're just mm-hmm. trying to put out good, high-quality therapeutic products for people to use. So that's it's all coming from the same plant. The plant has been... Uh, tweaked in a way that emphasizes different elements of the marijuana plant. So, um, so you have grow houses? No, we we don't grow. We just manufacture and distribute it. So you purchase <laughs> you purchase the raw substance from others mm-hmm. that have grown it, Correct. and then manufacture the CBD. Yep, yep. We you know the the regulations around growing in Kansas were so funky for a little while. And there was a big limitation on the strains you could grow. And hmm. I've never grown anything in my life. So I was like, I'm going to leave this to the other professionals and just, yeah. you know, expand my business this way because that's what I'm good at. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I I think messing around with a new crop. People know how to grow corn and soybeans right. and wheat. And and uh, so. Well, uh, yeah, and, and we saw, I mean, firsthand uh, Kansas farmers who were trying to grow hemp and they were, quote unquote, popping hot it was testing in higher THC levels than the legal limit was. And so you had to destroy your crop. I mean, so there was a massive learning curve and and it's definitely leveled out and the crop and the product coming from Kansas is definitely better. Um, Yeah, I have a a degree in agriculture from Kansas State. And uh, you you wouldn't want me to trust me to grow your wheat. I might grow it upside (laughs) down, but uh, it's just kind of funny that pretty conservative place, the College of Agriculture. And but the idea of having them fooling around with uh, hemp uh, as a crop is sort of like I just have to chuckle a little bit about it. Oh yeah, um, they're doing they're doing some good stuff. They actually have a um, a cannabis course at K State now hmm. um, that is start to finish of marijuana all yeah. the way through. It's it's I love to see it. I mean I love seeing what's happening on the collegiate level. Uh, they're also working with. Uh, spent biomass so you know if they give this to cows as Mm -hmm. feed what happens to them do they uptake cbd is that come out in the final product you know so they're doing some really cool stuff over there right because uh what what's being harvested for consumption by people leaves a lot of of mass uh plant matter yeah uh in the wake of that so maybe alternative uses for that polling i know fort hayes state university has an annual poll it's the docking pole, and I sort of fell out of my chair when me- medical and recreational, I believe, was endorsed by essentially two-thirds of the people they yeah. polled, yep. which is a huge number to me. 
and should be a signal to politicians uh, about the will of the people. Right. Uh, it always made me think that, that if there were a big referendum in Kansas of some kind, we don't really have initiative and referendum here like other states like California. But, Unfortunately. But, but it, it would, I think it would certainly pass. Absolutely. Recreational would pass. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you look at the states who don't have a medical program, even just a medical program, mm-hmm. um, it's all states who don't allow ballot initiatives. Hmm. Um, it's all states that have to go through their legislator to get something done, uh, which is slightly frustrating. But, you know, we're here again. We're, we're going to continue moving forward and, and try to get this going, but... Well, politics is selling. not supposed to be easy. It's no, supposed, right. There's supposed <laughs> to be a tension there that uh, between the various ideas and ideologies and, and styles, political styles, that, so that bad legislation doesn't just shoot out the door left and right. Right. So sometimes I think the tension is okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so where are we at nationally in terms of this? There, we think there's 40 states, essentially, that have medical and um, about yeah. 20 that have recreational? Uh, those numbers sound about right. Okay. Um, you know, most of the re- uh, recreation is on the coast. Coast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, you've got like Idaho up there that won't pass anything either, and they're surrounded by <laughs> recreational states. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of interesting just to see how it's all kind of shook out, but... Uh, well, perhaps someday there'll be a, a federal statute. Well, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. That's what they're working on right now. So mm-hmm. um, there's a legalization bill, which essentially is a descheduling, um, taking marijuana, medical cannabis off of the scheduled substances. So at the federal level, in terms of a crime, uh, running around with marijuana is like running around with heroin. Exactly. They sit next to each other in that same class. In that yep. same category of offense. So exactly. the idea is to get marijuana out of that list. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the decriminalization idea right. uh, that would make, uh, actually, the operation of these businesses easier, right? Yeah. I mean, it would. There, there's that's a double-edged sword because if especially before Kansas can get anything off the grounds, I mean they're 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 presenting verbiage right now federally. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this is descheduled before Kansas can get anything off the ground, it really harbors any sort of grassroots Kansas-born industry to really thrive. And the reason being is because it would then open up interstate commerce. So right now, oh. everything is state by state, right? You right. cannot accept anything, and you can import or export out of states. It's not allowed. So states are really growing up their industries. Um, obviously, you have you know California, Colorado, who've had massive amounts of time to do that, whereas in Kansas, we haven't had any. So as soon as interstate commerce opens, I mean, that opens up for big business to come in and completely take over the industry before we can even get it off the ground. Instead Just, of having somebody like yourself or who, who with a startup after a federal law passed or somebody growing somewhere mm-hmm. in, in the outskirts of Topeka, uh, the people already growing it, already manufacturing it, already packaging it in Colorado or wherever could just drive a truck over here. I mean, they're waiting to do that. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, that would be a market expansion that would make sense. Right. It, it, and where it could be potentially detrimental to, you know, startups here in Kansas, it would be ideal for our organ farmers. I mean, they couldn't 
give away their crop. They had so many hmm. people growing it out there. Oh, really? Oh, God, they were losing <laughs> okay. tons of money. So wow. if they could be able to ship their product out, now Oregon farmers are in, they're, they're, they're doing well. So it, it is a very double-edged sword. Should it be descheduled? Absolutely. Will it have a slightly negative impact on the Kansas industry? Yeah, it will. Yeah, so some of our neighboring states have already done stuff. I think Oklahoma has medical along with Missouri. Mm-hmm. Colorado is it's legal across the yeah, board. Adult use. Uh, Nebraska, I think, is decriminalized. There was an effort up there to move towards medical marijuana. I think. Yeah. Um, it. I legal believe ish- it was legal issues. Yeah, the governor wouldn't sign it. I think that was Nebraska. Uh, yeah. Where did, it did I say? Pass. Yeah, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I meant to say Nebraska there. So, what about the economics of of this? It, source of jobs uh, I, I think i think about downtown denver and colorado there's empty warehouses uh empty bank buildings and suddenly the warehouses are growth factories the banks yeah. are dispensaries right. it just seems like there's you know kansas is not colorado we don't have as many people right. and so forth but but there could be real economic impact and some of that money uh, could be in rural kansas as well absolutely where job their job hunting is it's harder. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're absolutely correct about that. Like you said, you know, you have all the ancillary businesses, but then you have the farmers. So you've got people out in Western Kansas who would be able to grow this crop, um, do it well, or create processing facilities, um, transportation, security, and the, the list goes on. But just in, you know, a, a cultivator or a dispensary, you know, you're talking hundreds of jobs, mm-hmm. which is massive, you know. I I recently, we're part of the Overland Park Chamber of Commerce, and we recently sat in on a leadership um, thing with them, and they had told us that 80 counties in Kansas have seen population decline. Yeah. Versus, there's there's 105 counties here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so... I'm surprised the number's not higher. Well, I was kind of, I was shocked. Uh, Johnson County um, had the highest growth, but... Sure. it just makes me really sad for all the people out in Western Kansas. I mean, this, we are a agriculture community. There's no reason why adding additional crop or being able to grow a variation of crop shouldn't be allowed for our farmers. This, this could really be a very lucrative option for a lot and of them. You can look back at ancient agriculture books and from the 1930s, whatever, and there's row crops, hemp row crops, yeah. and it's they have little uh, hemp uh pickers uh running down the rows Uh, and so it's it was done before it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel but i think at this stage we need new technology and things like that well and that's definitely the big hang up you know i see hemp as being an incredibly viable crop for farmers here um especially like you said the row crop just you know putting four hundred thousand plants out in an acre Mm -hmm. uh drilling it in like wheat but Mm -hmm. that we just don't have the the manufacturing processes yet to do anything with it you know there's you can there's 30,000 uses plus that you can do with hemp for hemp yeah but well, you can make clothes and plastics clothes, and all paper, kinds of weird yeah, things yeah. yeah i mean right. there's a canadian company that just made a plane and the fuel that the plane flies on out of <laughs> hemp so, i'm not sure uh i might have to be uh under the influence or something to hop in a plane like that <laughs> right? totally made out of hemp like well wait a minute here hey if, if it can be made with anything else it can't be made with hemp. that's what we're finding but we just don't have the the industry and the infrastructure to mm-hmm. develop a lot of these things so 
All right, Heather, before we close, let's let's have you wave your magic wand. Uh, the 22 legislative session will start in January. This issue will be on the table. So what realistically would you like to ask of them? Oh, I mean, you know, the bill that passed the House and is sitting in the Senate right now really has some wonderful parts to it. You know, what we would really love to see is an expansion of conditions. Um, patient access should be at the forefront of this bill. Uh, so we'd love to see expansion of that. And just, you know, keeping those um, licensing fees sensible um, and making sure that caps aren't instituted and, and allowing Caps, you're talking about the number of businesses that Correct. the number of, we'll say, retailers in Jackson County, Missouri, or right. or yep. Johnson County, Kansas. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, going more for that, you know, free market approach. Uh, that that's really what we hope to see here in Kansas, at least to start. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. I want to thank Heather Steppy for jumping into the weeds. Pun intended. <laughs> Uh, on this important issue, she's president of the new Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, and she runs her own business, KC Hemp. Heather, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.